2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 15. The Bible says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. In their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We're going to be breaking that down a little bit more in the message today. The message is called Irrational Generosity. And we're going to speak to that and how God has wired those who follow Christ. And I'm excited to share that with you. Will you bow your heads with me as we begin our service with prayer? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together as a family in the house of God. And we just thank you, Lord, for, for each person that has made it here today. And we, we just thank you for every family that is represented in this room, every home. We ask, Father, for your blessing and, and, Father, for your spirit to come and speak to our hearts in powerful ways. Guide us, lead us deeper into your truth as we read from your word. And, and Lord, we walk through those things and as we worship together and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you now. We ask for your blessing over this time. We lift up LifeGate as they've wrapped up their service. We pray for a blessing over everything that was shared there today, Father. And we pray for good soil in the hearts of the people who worshiped there today, Lord. We thank you now. We ask for your favor and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that's what I'm going to be preaching from today. While you're turning there, also just draw your attention to the notes section in your bulletin. If you want to follow along, fill in some notes along the way. This is the passage that I opened the service with, so we've read through it, but as I preach, we'll be breaking some things down uh, verse by verse. And I want to just emphasize the two for the road at the bottom there. Following this message, this is just a great way to talk about things as a family or uh, maybe discuss this with a friend or a community that you'd have. But um, what stuck out to you, obviously, in today's scriptures and message, and are there any people or ministries in your life that God might be putting on your heart for greater investment? So those will be a couple of, of things for the road for you today. My message is entitled Irrational Generosity. If I try to break down a definition for you on where I'm trying to go with that statement, irrational generosity, to me, a definition for this is it's generosity that does not seem logical 
or reasonable in our human minds. Like we can't put words to it. It's hard to describe. Like if somebody maybe has been so kind to you and it's just you don't even know what to say. Okay? That's where I'm going with irrational generosity to a point. But it's like it's just hard to put into words. And through that, um, I want us to understand a little bit of the backdrop of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 and 9. While we're camped out in 9, these two chapters are focused in when Paul is essentially encouraging a congregation to give as a free will offering to be able to bring that then to the believers back in Jerusalem as a blessing. And so while this chapter does talk about finances, I want us to see a bigger scope of the ways that we can give. Finances is one of the ways, but all of us have many resources. We have our time. We have opportunities to serve or volunteer. We have ways that we can encourage people. We have gifts and talents. And all of those things can be expressed with generosity. It's not just money. And so I want to break that down. Well, while Paul is speaking in regards to money, there's a lot more that we can give as followers of Christ. And so in this passage, as we're breaking things down, we're going to be looking at verse 6 through 15. And so I want to start breaking down, starting in verse 6, when it says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. That's pretty straightforward. The things you sow, you're going to eventually have return from. Okay, a lot of you who might be farmers, you understand this, you know this very well. If you did not get your seed planted in the spring, don't expect much in the fall, right? You know this. You, you kind of see the, the truth and the principle behind that verse. I want us to understand how God blesses in the midst of generosity. And you can see that. We're going to start with verse 8. It says, God is able to bless you abundantly. God cannot outgive your capacity of blessing. He says, so that in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Verse 10, the Bible says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, we're talking about God here, he will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Brian broke that down for us in worship today. Verse 11, you'll be, rich, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. A message like this might seem like a little bit of, well, we give so that, you know, we receive blessing, right? But if you really focus in on what those verses are trying to say, and I have them highlighted for you, you'll notice in verse 8 is that God blesses abundantly so that you will abound in every good work. There's a response to his blessing. God just doesn't bless you so that, you know, you can do whatever you want. It's a blessing so that you do what he wants that you can abound in every good work. You'll notice in verse 10, he supplies and he'll enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll see the, the connection, the correlation with his blessings and how then you turn around and you bless other people. You're enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. If you've ever heard of the prosperity gospel, there's a, a point in this passage where you can kind of go, man, this leans a little bit in that direction. If I just give of my wealth, God's going to pour it back on me, and I'm going to have all this money. I'm just going to keep giving it. God keeps pouring it back on me. That does work in some occasions, but not every occasion. Okay? I want us to understand the true heart of the prosperity gospel. The, the prosperity gospel is the gospel prospers, not your piggy bank. 
Do you hear me on that? That's the heart behind generosity. If you're giving because you're like, well, if I give now, then I'm going to get a little in return. That's not the right heart as far as generosity is concerned. The true prosperity gospel is the gospel prospers, not you. The principle of generosity in the Bible is that we are resourced to be a, a resource. We are blessed to be a blessing. And as you give, God might expand your capacity to give, but it's for the sake of the kingdom of God. It's not to build your own kingdom. Now, Paul gives us a little bit of an agricultural illustration using the sowing of seed and things like that. And so let me kind of bring us to where we're at in 2019. And I just think we're just off of the planting season. And so some of you, maybe you've cleaned it up and put it back in the shed. But I'm like, let's bring it to 2019. And a number of us in this room can understand what it means to plant, what it means to sow. And some of you, maybe more than others, you, you think, man, I'd love to have something bigger so I can move more efficiently. You want a bigger planter and things like that. Now, before you start coveting and I cause people to stumble here, let's flip the uh, slide off there so that we don't get anybody in trouble. Some of you right now are drooling, and I have your attention, so we're good to go. For us in, in 2019, my, my mind went to the farmers today. And I begin to roll this illustration in my mind, and I think of the seed that, that goes into that planter, then into the ground. And that seed, for me, with this passage, I think of all the things that you and I have the capacity to give. So that seed can look like many things. It can be your time. It can be the gifts and the talents that you have. It can be your resources. It can be encouragement that you give somebody. We all have seed, okay? You don't have to be a farmer or own land or rent land to, to get this and understand where I'm coming from. We all have the capacity to plant seeds, okay? And that seed can come in many different ways and ways that you can be generous. And the other thing I thought of is if the seed goes into the hopper and we're planting in different rows, all of us have the capacity to give in many different rows of life. Okay, some of the rows that you might be planting in, maybe they're in the local church. Maybe they're local ministries. Maybe it's a ministry you support financially every month. Or maybe it's a neighbor that you bless and you know maybe there's some struggles financially. So you step in and you get involved and you start helping them and being able to supply for their family. We all have different rows of generosity, if you will. And verse 6 says, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. But if you sow generously you'll reap generously. And the principle of generosity in the Bible is God wants you to have a bigger planner. God wants you to have a bigger planner. Now, before some of you men nudge your wife and say, see, the Lord's speaking right now. Do you hear that? It's an illustration. God wants you to have a bigger planter so that you can sow more seed into the kingdom of God. So we can be more fruitful in our generosity in the ways that we give. Some of you might be looking at those planters going, man, that's big. Look at that. Man, look how many rows are on that particular piece of machinery. And while you're drooling, I want to tell you something. God does immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And I want to introduce you guys to the Zell family. They're from Australia. Bill and Judy Zell, together with their sons, Gavin and Wayne, they farm 47,000 acres of land. 
They farm wheat and barley and chickpeas, and like all farmers, the Zells work hard to get their crops in so that the conditions will work in their favor, and they run the biggest equipment they can 24 hours a day just to get the crop in the ground. However, the Zells, they live in this remote area, and they face a shortage of skilled workers. Adding more tractors and cedars into their operation would require more drivers, which they simply do not have. To solve the problem, Gavin developed a system where he joined two John Deere tractors together so they would work as a single unit. They tested these tractors out in 2010. Satisfied with the results, Zells then built a 212-foot air cedar to match the capacity of the tractors. 212 foot. That's wider than a football field, by the way, if you get some more perspective on that. The John Deere tractors, they're run at 1,900 RPMs, and they burn 13 gallons of diesel every hour. That's just one of them. So both of them, it's 26 gallons every hour. The tandem tractors and air cedar work at five and a half miles per hour, and the rig covers two and a half acres every minute. Some of you could get a lot done if you had something like this, right? Some of you are like, yeah, right? Over a typical 18-hour day of seeding, the big rig is able to seed about 2,500 acres in an 18-hour day. The point of bringing that forward is, again, God works immeasurably more than all you and I could ever ask or imagine and think and how he blesses and abundantly. I said God wants to make sure you have a bigger planner. He wants you sowing and investing into his kingdom, more and more rows and rows of generosity in your life. Another component to this principle, thank you to Nick and Stephanie Bowden for hooking me up with some corn, is uh, this just represents our life, and in it we all have the capacity to give in some way, shape, or form. So hey, Lance, you look like you could use some help. There's a little seed for you. You missed it, so I'll try it again. Seriously, I don't got a whole lot of time, man. Come on. All right, here we go. So we have this seed, and we give, and we invest it, and we pour this out into people's lives. And it's all these things that, that maybe the Lord has put into our lap, and we give this out for the sake of his kingdom. And we keep dumping this seed out, and we invest, and we invest into the kingdom of God. And as we do that, the principle here that we're seeing is God comes along, and he's like, there you go, there's a little more. And then we go out and we start dumping this out into people's lives and we start blessing people. And the next thing you know, the principle I'm talking about is God comes along and he fills that back up so that you can continue to invest in people's lives, right? Do you understand the principle? Now to break it down even further, I said our God is a God who does immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. <laughs> and he just comes along here and he blesses us more and more so that you and I we can be a blessing. He resources us so that we can be a resource. But here's the thing. It's all about the kingdom. It's not about your kingdom. It's all about the kingdom of God. Here's a few verses for you. In Proverbs 11, it says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another person withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper, and whoever ref refreshes others will be refreshed. In Luke 6, 38, Jesus says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, Christians can give either generously or sparingly, and God will reward them accordingly. Now, the crux or the difficult point in this for us as followers of Christ, when it comes to generosity, is that sometimes we can feel that giving results in a loss or an expense to us. It's hard because we're like, 
it, we have this sense of ownership to it, right? This is my time. This is my resources. This, when we have that perspective, we feel like when, we, when we're giving this to people, we feel like maybe we're losing something. While giving is a sacrifice, if it's done with a kingdom perspective, it's actually an investment. It's a savings, if you will, a savings opportunity. When we put that video out previewing what the message is going to be about on Friday, Jenny Abens opened up her email, read it, closed it, and then flipped her calendar that she has at work that Monday when she walked in to be ready to go. And there's quotes and things on this calendar. She flips it for Monday, and this is what it says. What can I share, not what can I spare? I thought that was awfully timely. I, th I was very thankful for that because to me, when stuff like that happens, it helps me as a pastor know I think I'm on the right page here in what the Lord's wanting me to speak on. Jesus tells us to store up for yourselves treasures on, uh, in heaven rather than treasures on earth. And in a culture that is filled with materialism and we're obsessed with building our own kingdom, generosity is a quality that will push us out of our comfort zone and into engagement into the kingdom of God. God promises that those who give generously with a good attitude will in time receive good things in return. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The reward will not necessarily be material or financial, and it may not return to us quickly or even here on earth. We're to, our focus, our treasure, needs to be on heaven, and your investments will reflect that. To give in this manner, it reveals a trust and a deeply rooted belief that God is at work in the midst of every opportunity and that God is going to produce results with this seed that we are sowing. And this passage sheds some light on those results. So verse 12, this service supplies the needs. You see that in verse 12. Verse 11, 12, and 13, this results to thanksgiving unto God. Your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service is overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Verse 13, because of your service, others will praise God. Generosity leads to thanksgiving unto the Lord. My last result here is growth of love and unity. Verse 14, it says, in their prayers, their hearts will go out to you. Generosity has a way of just, just like this secular thing that just love continues to blossom and grow under generosity. Okay, and this all is because, the, the results, the reasons why this happened is because in verse 13 and 14, it's because there was obedience to the gospel, obedience that accompanies the gospel message, and the other one is because of the overflow of God's grace. Powerful truths for us today. And in the midst of that, I want us to recognize that irrational generosity I think is summed up here in, in verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And earlier I said irrational generosity is this generosity that just in our human minds we can't comprehend it. We don't understand why. And you got to understand that the generosity that flows from believers is the heartbeat and the generosity of God himself who sent his son to this earth to die on a cross for each one of us. The incredible sacrifice, the incredible gift, and the generosity that he gives, it is beyond words. It's indescribable. 
it's in some ways in our human minds, it seems irrational. We don't understand it. We can't comprehend it. But God gives in this manner. And our response to that as we give our lives to Christ, we also freely give of our resources and we sow into the kingdom of God. The last final points there as far as irrational generosity, some of the things we need to understand that. If you put that on the screen for me, put all three of them on in one shot. Irrational generosity, it transcends the mind and it cuts straight to the heart. If people are like, I don't understand why somebody would do that, what it does is they start processing that right here and they go, I, why? And then you start ministering right here. The other thing is it leads to them asking questions. Why would somebody do that? What's different about that person that makes them give in that way and, and are generous in that way? And the last thing is when they start asking questions, then it points them to Christ. The reason why I'm this generous or the reason why I had this kind of compassion, it's because of Jesus and he wants to encounter your life. He wants to encounter your life. So in closing today, the response for all of us is, is there are things in your life that God might be calling you to say, I, I want to get more involved in the kingdom in the ways that I can, can give. There's many different ways and facets for that. But I just simply ask you to, to call out to the Holy Spirit and say, show me where this area might be and how I can be more generous with the things that you've given me. That as you resource me, I can be a resource, and as you bless me, I can be a blessing. The other response is for anybody that might be sitting here today, and as I talked about Christ coming to this earth and dying on a cross for you, maybe you've never responded to that before. That generosity from God our Father as he sent this indescribable gift of Jesus to shed his blood for you on the cross so that you might have the forgiveness of your sin and you might be able to have new life in Jesus Christ. And as you're maybe leaning in on that, we're going to have a moment to pray for you to respond to that generosity. So will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, I thank you for speaking to us and being at work today through the scriptures, through our worship, through your generosity and your grace and your abundance that you just pour out over us and we just don't deserve this. But Father, we thank you. We thank you for your gracious hand. And Lord, right now, we just want to give an opportunity for someone to respond to the graciousness of your gift of Jesus Christ. If there's somebody today that wants to respond to that and just simply invite Christ into their life, just say, Jesus, today I want to respond to that indescribable gift. Thank you for, for dying on a cross, suffering on a cross, so that I might be set free. And today I confess my sin to you and I ask for, for you to come and live in my life. Change me. Help me to walk in your ways. Help me to live in light of your generosity. And help me to know my role and my place and purpose in the kingdom of God. I thank you for this gift, this gift of salvation as I receive Jesus Christ in my life today. In this sacred moment, with every head bowed, 
and I close, I just simply ask if you prayed that with me, will you simply lift your hand just acknowledging today I prayed that prayer to receive Christ in my life. Just simply lift your hand and put it back down. Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? Father, I thank you for the powerful work of your spirit. And Lord, help us in light of the gospel and the generosity that you give freely we have received. Now let us respond freely as we give. And we thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.